Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. YouTube family, make sure to subscribe to the channel as we recap the weekend action in the Premier League and a quick preview of what's left to come. Vamos! My goodness, what a thriller this weekend, which concluded with a tremendous six-goal fest at St. James's Park as Newcastle United tied with Manchester City. Unbelievable stuff. Leeds, Leeds, Jesse Marsh's Leeds. They do the business over Chelsea, of course. Arsenal and Tottenham, North London, is looking very happy these days. I tell you who's not happy, this Aston Villa fan right here. And Michael LaHood <laughs> as well is nervous for Monday. We got this and much more, including La Liga, Serie A, some madness in the Bundesliga. Wicked recap. LME, Mike LaHood, Que Golazo begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We've passed 20,000 subscribers, so you know what I'm going to say right now. Let's get to 25,000, baby. Share the word, please. Please subscribe. Keep telling your friends. We can't do this show without you. So thank you so much uh, from the bottom of our hearts. But welcome to the Weekend Recap. Michael LaHood, how are you, buddy? I'm just living on a prayer, I feel like. I'm living on a whole lot of stuff. I'm caffeinated, hydrated, just stimulated by all these goals. There will be goals. It's Sunday, bloody Sunday if you're a goalkeeper. Cannot wait for Monday. Hopefully the goals go in on a certain team rather than the other. But we'll get to that later. We will get to that later, everybody, and we will preview that uh, because obviously that's the Monday night game. But welcome to our weekend recap. Lots to discuss. Let's begin with the game that just finished in the Premier League that wrapped everything up in the weekend. Of course, it's the Monday game. Newcastle United and Manchester City. Michael Hood, I do remember a weekend preview where I said, <laughs> no, Newcastle can get something out of this. And everybody was just laughing and laughing. Yeah. Although I did say that Newcastle would win, and obviously Man City are too good for that. But it was a tremendous performance from Eddie Howe's men. As 3-1, they were up until Man City kind of woke up a little bit, courtesy of Erlen Haaland and co. But give me just your instant reaction of what you just witnessed. What a tremendous game. And it's credit to the character of the organization of Eddie Howe and his team. They went down a goal 1-0, and you thought, oh boy, here we go again. And just remnants of that 5-0 disaster class that happened towards the end of last season. But this Newcastle team has some resolve about them. And I look at their midfield three. Since moving Joel Linton back to that box-to-box -box midfielder role on the left-hand side of Bruno Gramaish, Try to say his name 6,000 6, times. You said it fast. beautifully, actually. Thank you. I've been so practicing well in the mirror. <laughs> but Joel Enton, I credit him and yeah. sent Maximan. That left-hand side for Newcastle was dynamite for about 65 minutes. And just their ability to, to 
stay tight and also draw Manchester City in and hit on the counter. They have the pace. And a player I want to give kudos to, Miguel Almiron. This guy's taken a lot of stick from Premier League fans because of the lack of quality and consistency in the final third. But this guy delivered with a goal. And doesn't matter if you bundle it over like he did off of just the cross from St. Maximin. They all count the same, but they'll be super disappointed not to get out of there with the three points. And they almost could have lost it as well at the end. Absolutely. Let's break it down a little bit. That first half, as you mentioned, Man City went ahead and you thought, oh, God, here we go. Even though St. James's Park is rocking, Manchester City's Manchester City, and they're just going to do the business. But indeed, it wasn't the case. Newcastle fought. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, the, the most closest of a human version player to a FIFA player, Alan St. Maximin, was absolutely <laughs> tremendous, I thought, because we know the talent that he has, Mike. Everybody knows that. But sometimes we think of him as a one-trick pony. He's very skillful, and then some, eventually the end product is not there. Today, his decision-making, for the most mm. part, was spot on. In fact, two assists from Alan St. Maximum, and it was his free kick that won that Kieran Tripper free kick. But anyway, let's talk about that first half. You know, how did, how did you see Newcastle react after going one nothing down? Because it's very difficult to sort of keep up track with Manchester City, but they did just that in the first 45 minutes. What I thought they did well was they didn't get sucked into just focusing so much on Erlen Haaland. That's how West Ham got beat towards the end of the game is he he has such a, a gravitas about him. He could beat you running in behind. He can hold up the ball. He can link up teammates. But the, the decoy runs is what makes this Manchester City team so difficult. And whenever there's a third-man runner, they were just physical with him. They outworked him. They wanted the game more. And it showed on the counter. And leaving Callum Wilson high, his pace, Manchester City's two center backs do not have the pace to cope with a player like Wilson and Maximan. And Sir Maximan, when you're playing against an organized team and an organized press, counter press like Manchester City, they don't have resolve or a plan B for a player who's unpredictable, who can dribble out of three or four missed tackles. I think that's what got Manchester City in a lot of trouble. I thought Kyle Walker got ex absolutely exposed. He relies on speed so much. And when you're playing against a player who's just as quick as you, who can drop his shoulder and evade you and is now running against your, your center back and drawing him out of position, there's, there's a lot of trouble that that produces. Yeah, I thought uh, Newcastle did two things very well. One was, uh, you know, very good off the ball. Like they were just very excellent, not necessarily panicking to your point, not just focusing on the key players, but they were very contained, especially when City entered their final third. And the other thing they were very good at, which is very difficult against City, is the counter. Mm -hmm. It was so smart. And that's where I think ASM did really well. But just the order of things, you know, Gundogan opened the scoring, then Miguel Almiron, to your point, equalized, and then Colin Wilson took over. Again, uh, ASM doing his thing. And then, you know, Kieran Trippier's free kick. Can we talk about this free <laughs> kick for a second? I mean, I, Ederson, by the way, it goes, the goal goes in the top left corner, very close to where Ederson is anyway. It's Ederson's near post, Mike LaHood. It's an unbelievable free kick. If Karen Trippier keeps taking free kicks like that, we're talking England and Qatar. <laughs> we surely have to be. This guy is the yeah. skipper of this Newcastle team that no one wants to face, especially at St. James's Park. And he gives you something extra. You look at this England team and how many players do the same thing. And that's been the biggest knock on them. You have so many of the same versions, uh, different names, same versions of them. Well, if you're going to be an outside back, you got to have that final product on set pieces, something that he showed in the last World Cup. And something that England, and we're going to go back to Newcastle, but something that England is going to definitely want to consider if they're going to make a run 
at a world championship. Now back to this game, this guy just seems to be reborn. And he's a guy that has La Liga winning just credentials. And I think he's gotten better since he's come from Atletico Madrid and come to Newcastle, having a fresh start and a new season. And now he's one of the faces leading this project forward. Yeah, as long as he stays injury-free, I think to your point, he has a very good shout at doing more than just leading Newcastle United to hopefully a European spot. I mean, they look very, very good. Of course, after that free quick uh, free kick, Newcastle United look good. We mentioned Erling Haaland. He was going to get there at some point. And then I got to tell you, man, Juan Román Riquelme, Zinedine Zidane, would be proud of this assist by Kevin De Bruyne oh. as he finds Bernardo Silva for the equalizer. Nobody, I mean, they say hang it in the Louvre. This thing deserves its own museum. I mean, this ball was unbelievable. Bernardo Silva, small as he is, was creeping in. Nobody saw his run. Nobody. I don't even think Bernardo Silva until Kevin De Bruyne said, I know where you are. The camera was panning mm. top up because they were thinking that uh, De Bruyne was going to switch the play, Mike. And then it's that beautiful through. I mean, how good was that? Well, when the ball was being swept from the right side, coming back to the left-hand side, you could see KB, take KDB take a look over his shoulder and say, hey, someone quick, hold my beer. I'm going to make this pass. And he was the only person, as you said, that could see that pass. But the little details are what matters most. Erlen Holland's movement. I said it mm. in week one that yeah. you're going to see more goals from the midfield because you have a player that commands so much respect and so much attention from defenders. Sven Butman, he's committed to Erlen Holland because Erlen Holland checks off that last line and presents himself to Kevin De Bruyne, and that creates the gap that Bernardo Silva sees and runs into. Take nothing away from the pass. That is a world-class pass, and the goal doesn't happen without it. But Erlen Haaland's movement is just one of those small details that produces the final product. I, it's not often when I say that a goalkeeper has a good day after conceding three goals, but I thought Nick Pope was absolutely <laughs> tremendous. Uh, some great long balls. Uh, I'm just reading some of his stats here. By the way, six final third passes, two sweeper-keeper, one very crucial clearance uh, from Erlen Haaland. He was, he was so good, wasn't he? He was the difference between that game staying 3-3 and it being 4 or 5-3 City and everyone now scratching their heads saying, oh my gosh, is anyone going to be able to withstand Manchester City this season? And geez, you're, you're going to need your goalkeepers to, to have almost one of those possessions from somewhere in another realm to be able to make saves like that. And Nick Pope, you're called upon, you make the big saves. It doesn't matter if you give up the three goals. It's what you do when the team needs you most. And you're going to have to be good in both boxes to play against Manchester City. He was towards the end. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is a live episode with Mike LaHood, LME, of course, as we're recapping the weekend. We're going to move on to the Premier League. But very quickly, Mike, and everybody out there, I want you to answer if you're watching. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and see some comments. I asked this on Twitter. Mike, I want your opinion. We know how good De Bruyne is. Mm. We think he's a magician. And some of the numbers from today... 100% of the long balls he attempted were completed, 56 touches, 35 passes, 23 final third passes, four key passes, three crosses, three big chances created, one ridiculous assist, uh, just another exceptional performance. There's no doubt one of the greatest midfielders the Premier League has ever seen. Where do you rank him as high mm. as when we think about your post goals, your Vieiras, Yaya Toure, Fabregas, Gerard, Lampard, where, where do you rank him? By the way, and I said this on Twitter, if your parents were picking you up from kindergarten during the time of those players I was talking about, you're not allowed to chime in because okay? <laughs> YouTube and FIFA doesn't count. All right, but where, where would you rank him? Because De Bruyne really is something special. 
I'd say put him in the Premier League Hall of Fame right now. I think he's that good. I think he's that much of a difference maker for this team. And he's a totally different player than the Paul Scholeses and the Frank Lampards and Steven Gerrards. Those players could function as box-to-box midfielder. This guy is an out-and-out number 10 playmaker, attacking midfielder, modern version of an attacking midfielder. When I look that he has the power in his legs, towards the end of games, as the game opens up, his ability to just beat guys on the ball, just dribble by guys, that is when he's at his best. Last season, when he could, he just could not stop scoring goals, it was when he just has this switch about him, this ruthlessness that I'm not sure the Steven Gerrards, the Frank Lampards, or Paul Scholes had consistently throughout a game where they could turn on that switch, where they could switch up how they played. They they were one or two-dimensional. This guy's three or four-dimensional, and he can be the assist provider by drifting out wide, serving in crosses. He can beat you on the dribble. He can be unselfish playing the final pass. He can do whatever he wants. Put him in the Premier League Hall of Fame. Jeez, put him on Man United while we're at it. That, but that's a different podcast. That's different, sorry, that's a different podcast. I don't even think uh, City uh. fans will be too happy about that. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of a combination of all those players we just mm. talked about, right? We forget, by the way, Frank Lampard, he's in the top 10 in terms of all-time Premier League scores. Mm-hmm. I think he's the only one, actually, in the list of eight about that, um, that that's a midfielder. Steven Gerrard, I mean, he was the complete midfielder, such a leader for Liverpool. Patrick Vieira, to me, was just uh, oh. subhuman, uh, yeah. some of the things that he did. Roy Keane, I think, is worth mentioning. Yaya Toure, Claude McAlelli on his day. But Kevin De Bruyne, I think when, when he leaves the game, I think people will definitely put him in either first, second, or third. To me, Paul Scholes was art. I, yeah. I think that De Bruyne is battling in that kind of argument. But uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, let us know what you think about Kevin De Bruyne and where he stands in the greatest Premier League uh, midfielders of all time. All right, let's keep going here. Sunday's action, by the way. Brighton win 2-0 against West Ham. Very quickly here. Brighton, clearly such a good team under Graham Potter. But West Ham, they've lost every game. They haven't scored a goal yet. By the way, I said, hey, don't worry about it, David Moyes, because guess where you're going next? Villa Park next weekend. Mm. So you'll win that one. Don't worry about (laughs) it. But they've lost three games now. Yeah. Um, They haven't scored a goal. What's going on? I think it's going to take time for David Moyes in particular to adapt to move forward from the team that he had last year. I think last year there was a chip on everyone's shoulders. Declan Rice getting in the England national team was a big boost for them. It was his team, David Moyes' team, finally. But at what point do you get Mikel Antonio off the field or move him aside and start Samaka? You're not scoring goals. It's not working. Let's move forward. This is where you sign summer transfers, play them. You're not going to score goals overnight if you don't play these guys and you have a proven goal scorer in Samaka who probably isn't a guy that does well coming off the bench. Maybe you should start him and see what happens there. This is a West Ham team that is vulnerable on the counter. Just naivety when I think about how they're playing. They're playing against what they're good at. Get the ball long and play off second balls. They're trying to be tiki-taka and intricate, and Brighton exposed them on the counter. It was counterattack 101, and I was really disappointed in West Ham because my fantasy Premier League team is suffering. And the one of the few bright spots for this team, Declan Rice looked more like himself, trying to create a bit more in the final third. Ben Rama, he's looked lively. Last week, I thought he was going to have a goal or two, but it's just not coming together yet. Tilo Kerr, 
had the debut to forget yeah. on the penalty kick. I was kick. reading a few things oh. on Twitter how one of the worst uh, some West Ham fans I've ever seen. He gave away yeah. the penalty, right? I didn't watch this. Oh, absolutely. Was and it, it, was, it was inches away from being a free kick. From my eye, I thought it was actually a free kick, not a penalty kick. If anything, it was right on the line. But it's going to take time for him to adapt. He literally only came from PSG moments ago. And to put more focus on the team that I'm really hyped about, Brighton, they go to Old Trafford put on a show, Danny Welbeck. <laughs> this guy looks like he's back. He looks healthy. Can he stay healthy? But the main man that, yes, Trossard gets the second goal. He's been lights out. I think he could be a big money, just a guy that they sell for big money. The Ecuadorian, the two Ecuadorians, yeah, in the middle. Yeah. This yeah. guy is just, he's a stopgap, but is what he does with the ball. He never plays sideways. He's always playing forward as a deep-lying playmaker, and his partnership with McAllister, the, the guy named after Macaulay Culkin probably yeah. with the red beard, but Alexis McAllister. <laughs> An Argentinian named <laughs> after a Home Alone character. you got to love it. Um, and Perez Estupiñan, of course, now that yeah. he's uh, part of the team. Moises Caicedo, by the way, we've been talking about him for a very long time. In fact, Manchester United themselves were keen. Moises Caicedo's favorite team, Mike LaHood, is Manchester United. But mm. United dropped the ball there. Brighton chimed in and now, look, uh, reaping off the rewards. Apparently, United are back in being interested, but there's no way Brighton are letting go. Definitely not on a cheap. So we'll see. But Brighton, fantastic stuff. West Ham continue to have issues. But like I mentioned, don't worry, David Moyes. You're going to Villa Park. You'll score there. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, wrap up uh, Sunday action for a second. Leeds United, Leeds United States of America, Jesse Marsh, absolutely tremendous performance. His most important win, I think, uh, since becoming Leeds manager. And uh, against Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea, Brendan Aronson, fantastic. Tyler Adams, probably the best player on the pitch. It was mm -hmm. just a tremendous game um, against the Chelsea side who just looked so like in shock of what they were seeing. I think they were expecting to go to Ellen Road and have Leeds sit back. And so many times in the Premier League and other leagues, you see when a top six team or top four team comes into town, you sit back, it's damage control, not against Jesse Marsh's Leeds. This reminded me of two of his former teams. One I played against New York Red Bulls, that high press, relentless energy, and also RB Salzburg. And more so, the RB Salzburg. And when I think back to this game, I think about their performance they had when they came to Anfield and they pressed Liverpool for 90 minutes. That was when they had Erling Haaland, Minamoto, and just players who are now playing for big clubs that we talk about week in and week out. What I like most, let's talk about the Medford Messi, Brendan Aronson. This kid <laughs> was energetic and epitomizes Jesse Marsh and the, the strategy and the DNA of the team. On the goal, Mendy, what are you doing? Feel so bad for him, so high. You on do this guy. not do that against Brendan Aronson, by the no, way. No, I, I saw your three lungs. Me. Yeah, he's, he has three lungs. He doesn't stop running. You cannot do that. Completely underestimated. Keep going, my friend. You just can't do that against Brendan Aronson. You just can't. No, absolutely not. But go back to week one in that Wolves game. It took Brendan Aronson pressuring Wolves out the back to set up. The first goal, Jack Harrison gets the assist. And let's talk about Jack Harrison and Rodrigo. Rodrigo looking like Rodrigo again. Captain's armband on his left arm. Superman crest in the middle of his chest. And set pieces. He gets another near post set piece goal. And it leaves you wondering, is there something in the water up at Leeds? Because it's looking like it. And they might want to check it for creatine or something extra. Because this team <laughs> is looking incredible. 
Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, I think what Jesse Marsh has done is reinv reinvigorated that fire that, you know, was gone when Marcelo Bielsa left. But now the energy is back at Ellen Road. It's obviously this is a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So yeah. the, the key question for Leeds United is always going to be, can you keep going, especially if you like, you know, get an injury here or there, et cetera. You know, because I do worry about the likes of somebody like Brendan Aronson who just doesn't know how to stop. He has just yeah. one you know, uh, mode. And that's just like full on hundred percent. Sometimes that can be a little bit of a vulnerability. However, this is a very united, collected Leeds United side. And it's been very, very impressive to see. And Chelsea, well, where do they go from here, Mike? Because it sounds to me like they need Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang really badly, or they need a striker. They need something. Yeah. Well, they, they get on the plane, Todd Bowley and Thomas Tuchel himself, and they go to Barcelona and make this deal happen like yesterday. This is a Chelsea team that, remember, before Leeds got their first goal, it was actually all Chelsea going forward. Raheem Sterling just can't get off the mark just yet. I know he had the assist last week against Tottenham, and it was a good final pass to Reese James. But those chances, and that one in particular early on, maybe the second minute of the game, you have to bury those chances. He cuts across from the left to the right. And he takes that extra touch when he should have just lashed it into the bottom corner, which leaves enough room for Leeds to recover. And they'll be wanting some of those opportunities back in the second half when it was 2-0. Second half, Chelsea came out aggressive. And Leeds were opportunistic today. That's that's That was the difference between them and them getting the three points. And obviously when it's 3-0, you look at the scoreline and you think, oh, man, they destroyed them. I think they outworked Chelsea. They wanted it more. And they overwhelmed them in the middle of the park. Brennan Aronson's movement from going from a left winger, coming inside, they didn't know what to do with that. And it just epitomized it and summed it up when Koulibaly, the two yellow cards, frustration, fouls. He looked like a WWE wrestler on the field today, not like the man from Napoli and the captain of Senegal that they paid the big money to bring over. Yeah, it looked uh, like a not a familiar performance from Khalidou Koulibaly. I think he was uh, underestimating the energy of uh, Ellen Road and, of course, Leeds United. But regardless, well done, Jesse Marsh, Leeds United. Fantastic stuff. In fact, Leeds and Brighton face each other next week. Mm. So it should be a great, great game. All right, let's quickly talk about Saturday's action. I'm just going to run through the results and... Uh, <sighs> anyway, Arsenal, <laughs> fantastic stuff. 3 nothing yeah. against Bournemouth. Uh, obviously, Bournemouth, are, are, you know, I think there's not a shocker here. We all know that Bournemouth are going to struggle throughout the season. But Arsenal, great stuff. And then on the other side of North London, Tottenham win one nothing again against Wolves. Wolves look good, but Tottenham in the end got the result. Uh, Crystal Palace look fantastic. I am mm -hmm. so jealous of who they are. Emerice Eze is tremendous. Wilfred Saha is unplayable, and my Aston Villa look awful, awful, <laughs> awful, awful. Uh, Fulham with a stoppage time winner against Brentford, 3-2, Michael Hood. Unbelievable. Mm. Everton and Forest draw 1-0, and Southampton win 2-1 uh, against Leicester City, who have their own problems as well. Give me a talking point from Saturday's action. Let's start with the Arsenal. I know we didn't talk on it at the weekend preview purposely because James Benz was on the show and I had a headache thinking about having <laughs> to listen to him really, really just poo-poo on Manchester United <laughs> as retaliation. So let's start with them. I'm big on this team. I said it before that this is going to be the team that pips someone else out to get in the Champions League. And Martin Odegaard getting the goals, but Gabriel Jesus, man, this guy is the real deal. On the first goal, he dribbles by three or four guys like they're not even there. Traffic cones, if you will. And just the strength and power that I see in this Arsenal team. 
whoever their strength and fitness coach is needs to get a bonus. Emil Smith-Rowe comes on the field. I don't even recognize him. Goes from mm-hmm. boy to man. Bakayo Saka looking shredded. And Granite Xhaka could be just one of the tactical moves of the season, putting him higher up the field. That assist that he had on Saliba, he gives teams something else to think about. It was one-way traffic for 90 minutes. Unbelievable stuff. Um, all right, so let's uh, before we take a break, everybody, let's quickly preview your Manchester United, Mike LaHood, as they host mm. Liverpool. A very big game, a lot of movement. Obviously, Casemiro could be announced on that day. He could be on the be- uh, he could be at, well, definitely at Old Trafford watching this game. We're hearing Anthony from Ajax as well. Mm-hmm. He's not a he wasn't part of the squad in Ajax's uh, weekend, so apparently there might be an introduction there. But regardless of that, Mike, this is a big game. Manchester United look awful. Uh, hopefully there's a bit of a wake-up call after that Brentford loss. And now they face Liverpool, who, by the way, haven't won yet. And they're looking in their own right to do something, especially after seeing Man City not get all three points. How do you see this game, Man United against Liverpool on Monday? I think the the pressure is actually more on Liverpool. I think United, the fact that they've gotten the Casemiro signings, Anthony, the want-away winger from Ajax, who seems to be protesting his way to a deal, the dominoes are slowly starting to fall, and the final domino could be which version of Cristiano Ronaldo shows up to the bench. you got to get this guy out of here. I've been saying it all day, seeing him on week one, the, the facial reactions, looking back at Ten Hag, looking like a sixth grader, if you will. If you're Cristiano Ronaldo and you want to make just a splash or you want to have a team actually sign you, maybe they get something out of him coming off the bench. Who's going to start? Marcus Rashford, Rafael Varane, just Tin Hog. You got to play Rafael Varane. And I think this could be one of those 1-0 United games where they defend for their lives and just nick something on the counter. Could Jaden Sancho just show up for once in this new season. But I think a lot of pressure on Liverpool going into this game, more so than United. Offensively speaking, uh, Manchester United can think, uh, you know, seeing Liverpool side, Darwin Nunez is suspended for this game. So really, you know, now with Sadio Mane gone, the limitations for Liverpool up front, obviously they have Mohamed Salah, which counts as two people. But I think (laughs) they need to use the energy of Old Trafford. They Mm. have to. They have to revitalize that state. I have no doubt that it will be loud at the beginning of this game. I mean, this is a very fierce rival for Manchester United. And I told you, I think off taping, I think I see Man U winning this. Mm. It's just, it's about making sure that, I think Eric Ten Hag's number one task is, look, don't do anything silly. Don't give them an opportunity to come at us. If we make a mistake of our own own doing, that basically is another step towards us losing. So, you know, nullify the mistakes. It's okay if we, you know, take a shot and it goes off target. It's okay if we do go for a 50-50 and we don't win it. But don't be, you know, the creator of your own downfall. Like, you have to just make sure, just play the simple game. And I think as long as that happens, hopefully, you know, you will get a result. It will be a great game, hopefully. But Mike and James Bench will be recapping that game tomorrow, by the way, uh, right after. So make sure to check it out. All right, we're going to take a quick Uh, break and by that I mean a tiny little pause uh, if you're watching a video and when we come back we'll do the rest of Europe and also previewing a little bit of games that are still yet to come as well on this Sunday. Kegel Lasso Weekend Rika, Mike LaHood, LME we'll be right back 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to Go Lazo Weekend Recap. Michael LaHood and LME, we've talked Premier League, so we're just going to go around Europe, Mike, if that's okay with you. Let's begin at Serie A, which, uh, you know, you should know by now. You can exclusively watch on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports. Make sure our entire team is there. It's so easy. Just, you know, log in and check it all out. We've got all the games, all the fantastic action. And, uh, you know, games still to come, including Atalanta against AC Milan. Of course, as we speak, by the way, Napoli is winning 3-1 against Monza. Ooh. Victor Osserman, by the way, uh, has a, a goal in that one. We told you so, of course. Fiorentina and Empoli are nil-nil right now. But yesterday, on Saturday, I, I wanted your thoughts quickly on, uh, on Inter Milan here at Mike LaHood because uh, they woke up a little bit. 3 nothing against Spezia. They looked good. Uh, yeah. Everybody was happy. Lautaro, as you mentioned, Lukaku as well. Thoughts on Inter Milan as they went three nothing against Spezia. That's more. That's more like it. <laughs> that's more like it. Forget no, about I, it. It's about time, kid. <laughs> I, I I thought the connection and the link up play between Martinez and Lukaku was excellent. And long balls were the name of the game. And Bastoni, one of the unsung heroes of that three nil win. His service from deep was a game changer. And Lukaku, on the first goal, Lukaku makes that run, diagonal run, and it just unbalances the back line. And Martinez now, he has someone who can win balls and maybe nod something down for him to shoot from distance and, and just give other teams and opponents something else to think about. When I watch that game, I think of, wow, this is a team that could really trouble just about anyone, not just in Serie A. But now this is a team that looks like they can compete with a performance like today. If they play like that more times than none, they can compete in the Champions League. And what I, what I really like, though, is you're going to need depth in that striker position. And the fact that your two strikers coming off the bench, and Dzeko and Joaquin Correa, combine for a goal, you have to be ecstatic if you're in Zaghi. The one player who needs a goal, though, because he hasn't had one in a while, and I think a goal could be coming for him. It could change his whole inter just stay this season. Ed and Dzeko had an assist, but also had a 1v1 situation that looked like he's lacking confidence in the final third. Yeah, absolutely right. And this is the kind of victory that just can propel Inter Milan to get going on a nice little run. And as we mentioned, Atalanta and AC Milan still have to play each other. Of course, Juventus Sampdoria is tomorrow. So is uh, Roma against Cremonese, Bologna Verona later today. Some previous results, Torino, Lazio, Udinese, Salernitana. Those two games, nil-nil, stalemates. Sassuolo, did you see this goal, by the way, oh, against Lecce from yeah, Domenico that, Berardi? That's Woo. what I was going to bring up. I was just, hey, just one note on them. <laughs> yeah. Not much happening outside the Inter when a lot of ties, 0-0, Lazio, Torino. What I say? Most likely a tie. Torino does play Lazio tough, but Berardi... This guy was secretly scoring goals besides Samaka. Samaka gone. Berardi's going to have to be the one shouldering the offensive output, and that could be one of the goal of the weeks anywhere throughout Europe candidates. Just a volley from just knee-deep somewhere in Syria. So <laughs> loving it. And then one note on Napoli, though. One of the guys with Osimhen, this is Osimhen's team, 
But how about Cavada? Yeah. Drake Cordero told us to look out for him, and he's delivering so far for Napoli. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he did call him out on that one, and he is delivering. And he's got, he's got a brace today, by the way, and it's 3 nothing. That goal for Monza did not count. So Napoli are looking very good. Cavada with Osman and Chucky Lozano on the mm. other side. Uh, all right, let's move on to La Liga, everybody. Uh, let's talk about some Spanish football. Well, first of all, uh, Real Madrid, no Casemiro, no problem. Uh, 4-1 against Celta Vigo. Luka Modric was ridiculous, oh. as always. Vinicius <laughs> Jr. as well. So they didn't skip a beat there, Michael LaHood. So Real Madrid, I think, all in all, a pretty good job from a business perspective. Casemiro, 30 years old. Obviously, he's not old, but he is entering those latter years of his contract at any club. He had three years remaining with Real Madrid. And Manchester United came in knocking. They need somebody right now. And Real Madrid are like, well, we have Schumann, we have Camavinga, Fede Valverde can play a role. Let's sell him for 70 million. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and they went 4 1 against Celta Vigo. So, not bad. Let's just have a round of applause for Fiorentino Perez for once. Something positive. <laughs> this guy is the Don of soccer business. He sold Cristiano Ronaldo for what? Hundreds of millions? When what? he was already on his He's way. 33 <laughs> years old, and he was already out the door on a private yeah. jet and said, ah, let's just do this business anyways. Let's get some money out of this. And now he sells another 30-plus-year-old for, what, almost $70 million, as you said? This is just good business for Madrid, and this is just a well-oiled machine. On the field itself, this was a coming-out party for Tremeny. He needed to have a good game. Looked a little bit rattled, and, and Carlo Ancelotti saying after his first game that he could feel the weight of the shirt, the Madrid shirt, weighing on him in that 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 season opener this game i thought he was excellent on the fourth goal he had that lung busting run he wins two tackles and then drives the counter we could see more of that from him throughout the season to tease up making his debut at the santiago bernabao getting some of these away games out of the way to now set up making a positive start to your madrid career Baluka Modric, man huh well, LME, question for you. What did you like more, his his stunner of a finish or that splitting pass to Vinicius? The latter. I just, mm. uh, Luka Modric is, uh, you know, he, 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 I think when when you think about Luka Modric, obviously you love the finish, but just like we were talking about Kevin De Bruyne, it's all about the vision. It's all about mm. him seeing what nobody else is seeing. And then, you know, just feeding on Vinicius Jr. is going to probably go on for another two years. We're very lucky to see a player like that. And now to your point about Aurelien Schumann, who's only 22 years old. I mean, what better way to learn than from somebody like that? And obviously as well as Kamavinga, who's not exactly old either. So, you know, it's like you said, it's it's a great performance from Real Madrid. And it's kind of showing the entire league in Europe. Okay, we lost Casemiro, but, you know, he, he did us a job. But now we, we carry on because Real Madrid in the end is Real Madrid. By the way, another Real, Real Betis with another victory. Jorge Iglesias, three goals now in two mm. matches. So Real Betis looking very good. Our Jonathan Johnson should be happy. Barcelona played Real Sociedad later as well. And I believe Atletico Madrid is kicking off very soon. In fact, it's already kicked off. It's nil-nil against Villarreal in the Ooh. first half as well. Elche and Almeria play tomorrow. Uh, Athletic Club de Bilbao won one nothing against Valencia. Girona Getafe tomorrow. But any thoughts? Uh, Sevilla, by the way. Another draw there against Valladolid. Uh, two red cards in that one. And Rayo Vallecano 
They keep impressing me, man. Two nothing <laughs> against Espanol. Any thoughts from Spain before we move on, buddy? Uh, it's early days. The big talking point is going to be what happens in that Barcelona Real Sociedad match. Big match for Barca to get going. And what I'm reading about them asking for cash only payments, I, I feel like I said it before, it's the Catalonia mob. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're pissed off on one end. Serginho Dest, Xavi coming out saying, um, I'm upset with my players now. These guys need to leave for, for the greater of the club. It's Dude, you signed a contract with these guys. Get over yourself. It's ridiculous. No, but it, just the it's like the bada-bing. It's the bada-bing Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. It, but that that's the game I'm going to be watching after our show. And and great opportunity for Lewandowski. Jules Koundé must be thinking, what in the hell did I just do to leave Sevilla to sit on the sidelines waiting to be registered? He may not play a game for another month. It's ridiculous. One of the best centre-backs in Europe, and he still has to wait. But to your point, a very important game against... A Real Sociedad side that usually begins the season pretty well. So that should be a very interesting one indeed. All right, let's uh, quickly talk about, well, Lille PSG, by the way, that's also, you know, going to kick off very soon as well. Mm -hmm. Massive game in Liga. Make sure to listen to our preview. Jonathan Johnson broke it all down, but that should be a fun one as PSG and Lille, two contenders for the title, you know, Champions League teams of caliber. They contend as well. But let's wrap up with the Bundesliga, man. Ooh. Well, first of all, Bayern Munich uh, today, well, I mean, they Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich, 7-0 against Bochum. Uh, De Ligt got a goal there, by the yeah. way, as well. Sadio Mane got a brace. Christian Gomboa scored. So, oh, no, so it was like, yeah, it was an own goal for Christian Gomboa. Uh, <laughs> Gnabry, Leroy Sané. I mean, Bayern mm. did Bayern. But Mike Lode, Borussia Dortmund, Werder Bremen, unbelievable. They were winning this game. 2-0 in the 89th minute. Mm -hmm. Then Werner Bremen scored three goals, two of them in stoppage time. And with that comeback, Werner Bremen is the first team in the last 13 seasons of the top five European leagues to win when trailing by multiple goals, entering the 89th <laughs> minute. Teams were previously 0, 8,511 and 18 under wow. such circumstances. And Werner Bremen didn't. Is this more about Werder Bremen here, Mike, or is this more about Dortmund? What's going on? I think this is more about Dortmund and credit to Werder Bremen for not giving up. Subs changed this game. All three subs coming on, scoring goals. And that's why you put guys, it wasn't working. And and in the first half, this was a Dortmund team that the 2-0 scoreline was flattering. It was all Werder Bremen in the first half, and their goalkeeper was making lights-out saves, had a free-kick save just before halftime. So the warning signs were there, and left-foot golossos were the theme for Dortmund. Julian Brandt cuts in from the right to the left and hits a bomb with his left foot, looking like he did when he was playing for Leverkusen. And Rafa Guerrero, holy moly, Ooh. what a shot. What a strike. Low, just zipper, zinger just hovering above the ground, and it's 2-0. But I go back to that first goal, Jude Bellingham, not one of his better moments. He's been uh, just a stud for Dortmund, young player. He'll learn from it. But he pulls out of a 50-50 challenge on Buchanan, who has an amazing finish, just slices it with his outside of his left foot. But those are the small details the Borussia Dortmund with this young team need to get correct if they're going to have any hopes of doing more than being a club who sells young players. But positive note for U.S. men's national team fans, Giorena coming back from injury and getting minutes for Dortmund. Yeah, that's very, very good, especially now from this weekend of what we've seen from the USMNT. Everything is looking nice. Well, aside from Christian Pulisic, he needs to get his minutes. 
somewhere else. But anyway, that's it for today, everybody. That was our weekend recap. As a reminder, tomorrow we have Fabrizio Romano joining the show because next week, obviously, things even get tastier regarding the transfer window. So he'll come in for a live episode. Stay tuned for that. Mike LaHood and James Bench will talk a little Manchester United and Liverpool after that game. And then we got plenty more during the week. But Mike LaHood, always a pleasure, buddy. Give me your final thoughts before we say goodbye. I just want to give a shout out to just Manchester United, Fabrizio Romano. Thank you, Fabrizio, for <laughs> making my day with that tweet of Casemiro. Here we go. Deal done. And the photo that Fabrizio posted where Casemiro has that look of shock on his face. And I was sitting there joking around with my wife who still learning the game and probably rolling her eyes at this as I say it live. But uh, my friends, more than anything, Casemiro having a look of shock on his face because I think Casemiro, when they're taking the photo, realizes, ah, crap, I got to play in the same team as Fred <laughs> McTominay. McSauce, as I call him. McSauce. So, hey, welcome to the drama, Casemiro. Thank you, Fabrizio, though. That made my day. I love it. I love it. Uh, we'll see what happens as well with Anthony because then now I'm thinking this is a very – if you can't be saved with Anthony and Casemiro in your team, then – I don't know what to tell you, but fantastic stuff. Hopefully tomorrow will be a, a good game. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for being there. There's the look. There's the look. <laughs> There's the look. Casemiro, you're going to Manchester United. That's the look. <laughs> yeah. I, hope, uh, I hope it's not one of those where he's, like Rubinho said, you know, I came to City. I thought I was going to United. I hope it's not flipped the other way. He thinks he's yeah. going to City. Okay, ready? That's not uh, Diva, ready? I'm going to do the face, okay? This is Casemiro's face right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's one fi extra final thought. I never do this, but I want to give a shout out to you as well, LME. The CBS deal announced with the Champions League. I saw your hit. I was rolling on the floor. <laughs> that was awesome. The only opportunity I get to do any Bad Bunny live on <laughs> HQ. That, that, that's it. But I, yes, if you haven't heard, everybody, CBS has a Champions League until 2030. So make sure to stay with us. Que Lasso, CBS Sports, the website, HQ, Paramount Plus, of course, all that goodness. And it begins. It kicks off once again. Well, the group stages, of course, in September. And the draw is this week coming up as well, actually. So we'll find out after those last second leg playoff games. Anyway, everybody, Michael LaHood, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you so much for being here, Mike. Oh, thanks for having me as always. I love it, I love it. Make sure to follow Mike at Mike LaHood, LME at LMHGRI. Gigo Lasso continues on Monday. Remember what I said, Fab Romano, and of course, Manchester United Liverpool, and we'll continue throughout the week. We never stop here, so help us get to 25,000 subscribers, spread the word, have a fantastic rest of your Sunday, and see you next time. Till then. <laughs>